mm-hmm. I think it would be very, very foolish and naive for us to think that our thoughts aren't extremely powerful on a physical level because, like, look at everything around us that is came out of someone's thought. And on a non-physical level, because when you change the way that you think, the outside world changes as well. Even if it's just perceptually, that's a major impact that we're having just by virtue of how and what we're thinking. The amazing thing about the mushrooms is that they speak. They talk to you. They will answer questions, carry on conversations. Psilocybin just pulls up a chair on the porch and puts its feet up. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Psilocybin Says. If this is your first time with us, well then welcome to the show. I am Eric Osborne and Courtney Rose, my lovely wife and co-host, will be joining me as we talk about... The law of attraction, the wooest of all woo. That's right. So if you're familiar with this topic, then, well, you know what we're talking about. If you're not, well, you're going to get familiar with it. It's a uh, an interesting concept that perhaps has some merit or maybe not. We'll let you decide. Uh, we're just sharing our thoughts and opinions around the topic here. Psilocybin Says is a podcast that's devoted to lifestyle and personal growth through the use of psilocybin mushrooms. So we're very often relating our experiences with psilocybin and how they intersect with whatever topic it is we are discussing. So hope you enjoy this episode. Be sure and give us a like, a share, a five-star rating, whatever it is that helps more people get introduced to the work that we're doing here on Psilocybin Says and also with Sanctuary, the Sacred Mushroom Church. Thanks very much for joining, and hope you enjoy the conversation. All right, honestly, do you think this thing's real or not? Do you really think that the law of attraction is a real thing? How can we test that would be my first question. I just asked what you thought. I didn't ask if you had proof. I'm asking what you think. (laughs) Yes, I do think it is a real thing based on my experience so far in life okay although hard to acknowledge at times that i have created so to speak my reality it can also be very empowering at times too to know that Mm. so there's two sides to the coin and yeah sometimes it feels like shit to know that I created this certain thing I'm going through. And then sometimes it feels like, oh, well, if I created it, then that means I can get myself out of it. (laughs) So I have found the trust in what we call the law of attraction, which is just like, I just want to say it differently because it's such an annoying term at this point for so many people. Breaking the law, breaking the law, (laughs) yeah. Breaking the law, breaking the law. But, of course, this kind of law can't be broken. Yeah. That's where I get all mm, questionable about all of it. Right. Because then there's other laws. Like, the law of attraction isn't the only law there is, which is why. It's like, it only goes so far because there's also the law of, would it be the law of polarity then? That would say... If the law of attraction 
is a thing, then it also must not be a thing. Or is that the law of gender? <laughs> oh, now you're using the laws against each other. They have to work together. All the laws have to work together, right? If all they're right, always so in existence. The first time this was brought up into kind of modern conversation, modern parlance, is, I think, with the Kabbalion. I think that's like the first book that asserted that there were these immutable laws of the universe. The laws of gender, the law of attraction, the law of polarity, the law of whatever, your mom, I don't know. <laughs> there's, there's what, seven of them? It's supposed to be seven of these it's laws. It depends on who you ask. <laughs> so there, all right, all right, there we go. There's where I already start having a breakdown in my gullibility. Yeah. There, the Kabbalion says there's seven, and then somebody else who wrote some famous book says there's 12, mm-hmm. and then since then... It's like the chakras, you know? There's like seven chakras in some systems, and 12, and 36, or so, I don't know, some various yeah, numbers. I don't, I don't know. And that's my <laughs> challenge, is if these things are real, then how many are there, and why do we keep <laughs> finding new ones? Now, again, like, okay, yes, we keep discovering new things in reality, so to speak. Uh, There's probably maybe some things to be rediscovered about or within, like, Newtonian physics. Like, things, we're actually gaining new understanding of gravity that we didn't have, right? Gravity is not what we thought it was 100 years ago. So, I'm not saying that there aren't laws outside of what we understand within you know classical physics and are gaining more understanding with quantum physics Uh, but it's when new teachers quote air quotes come up with new laws and even the Kabbalion nobody knows who the author is it just appeared in 19, I don't know, 20 or 15 or something, and made these assertions about bringing forth the ancient Egyptian teachings that were hidden. Hermes. Yeah. Which, you know, like my whole premise around this conversation is ultimately I don't know. I will say that it does seem like, it does seem like the things that I think about happen and and i guess for me the the greatest tale the greatest piece of evidence is the mushrooms tell me this thing too even when i wasn't listening to abraham hicks or it's a they whoever by the way sorry (laughs) the first wow wow it's 100 beings, babe. Yeah, well, the, just interesting. Okay, so anyway, um, <laughs> law, we're, try, we're trying to talk about the law of attraction today. This is a topic that, for some people, is their bread and motherfucking butter. They just love it. Everything is <laughs> the law of attraction. Everything is love and light. and Especially if you're in real estate. It's all about the law of attraction. What? Real estate. That's like in the culture of real estate the law of attraction is such a hit on topic 
Uh, and life I, insurance. Yeah, yeah. Life I was about to say, I think it's in sales. Yeah, sales. Yeah. It's just sales in general. Yeah. But they pound that law of attraction. Not got enough clients. Must be your fault. <laughs> You're not attracting them. Work harder, bitch. Yeah. So that's not how the law of attraction works, though, is it? So, but there are like a couple of veins here of you know looking at the law of attraction and people that are kind of engaged with this material. Some of them are very far out in the fringes of daily reality check and then some of them are more grounded and more reasonable people i like to consider myself one of the more grounded and reasonable people but i'm probably closer to the uh, <laughs> fringe way out there. Category. yeah probably more fringy than i like to admit <laughs> so me too so you said that your thoughts seem to uh happen so mm-hmm. what do you mean by that? What what thoughts have turned into reality? Oh, God. Lots of them. You, for one. Myco, Sanctuary, uh, this house, that painting, the snakes, um, Smokey. Like, I was looking for a dog, and I was like, I'm going to find the perfect dog. And I did. Like, the first dog I found. Yeah. First dog. First dog. And I was, and he's been my homie for going on 14 years now. Um, Those are a lot of positive manifestations. This is really funny to me that where I have seen it the most and the most strikingly where is in cars. When I have got a new car, I have known the car that I wanted and it wasn't like a some, you know, very common car. And I haven't said like my my last car, the little little protege hatchback blue five speed. I love that little car. I was looking. Sorry. <laughs> Fuck little- off. That's where Mazda got the zoom, zoom, zoom from. <laughs> little car. Little thing. car is fun. I still call it my little car. Why is I? it? I don't know. It's just like a little, it's like a little, little car. A little hatchback. <laughs> yeah. With the big I've old noticed. speakers. It's a little car. Little car. Yeah. It's so weird that I only called that one my little car. Anyway, <clears throat> I am driving this piece of shit Camry and. Don't have much money, but I need a new car, and I go to a car lot, and I know I want a five-speed, I want a hatchback, and ideally, I would like it to be navy blue, and I go to the car lot, no car, no, no nothing that I want, it's a car lot where my cousin worked at, and didn't see anything that I wanted, and I was like, ah, whatever, I'll just wait. My cousin calls me the next day, he's like, hey man, we just had a car come in, I think you you might like, and I didn't like. I told him I wanted a five speed. I told him I wanted a hatchback, but that was it. It was the exact like I saw it. I was like, boom, that's my car right there, five speed, baby blue or a navy blue hatchback, leather interior, perfect. This car that we have here now, I knew I wanted a similar. I wanted a Mazda, but anyway, like the car that we have that we got a couple years ago is like almost exactly what I envisioned in my mind. And it just came like the guy that was the car dealer was like a friend of ours. Like, hey, I got this car. I think you might like. And I was like, boom, that's the one right there, you know. Um, so it's uh, I get I guess I used to think of it in terms of the other uh, throw up in your mouth word 
Uh, I used to think more in terms of manifestation, you know, mm-hmm. like, but but I am starting to through mushrooms. I've started to understand that two things that are that work together that we are magnetic beings. We create an electromagnetic field, and you know, magnets do what magnets do. And that everything that is existent now came from non-existent. Everything came from nothing. So then it does have me, like, okay, I, th- I think that this is a workable. I think it's gotten this flavor in people's mouths of, like you're saying, this other word manifestation and this whole like fairy tale magical Mm-hmm type of thinking Mm -hmm. like Pollyanna type of Mm -hmm. thinking like Mm -hmm. oh if we just think about something once then like we'll have it I think that's why it's gotten a bad rap thinking about it in those magical terms instead of practical terms can I process some some trauma here for a minute yeah it also gets a bad rap from the jackasses that are out there promoting it Mm. and I'm not going to say your name, but my second wife. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no? Come on. Come on. Come on. Ew. I spent years listening to this law of attraction bullshit from her. Law of attraction, law of attraction, law of attraction. And then when something fucked up happened in her life, she's like, that motherfucker is a bitch. Blah, 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 blah. I had nothing to do with that. I didn't do that. That's a, someone else. He's an asshole. I may have manifested all the so good things. That's that's and you know, I'm just using her as a focal point, but <laughs> uh You sure you don't want to just go ahead and say her name? No, nah, just well, kidding. I, I kinda don't. do, but I'm not going to. <laughs> <laughs> um what am I attracting into my life and talking about this? Oh my god. <clears throat> <laughs> no, but when people use it to give themselves credit when something good happens in their life and then turn against it to blame everybody else and spiritual bypass. Like if yeah. something bad happened in someone else's life, I, I would hear her say, like, they must have attracted it. <laughs> yeah, that is the fucked up thing about the whole new age, the unhealthy side of it is... That's it right there where Mm -hmm. the lack of taking responsibility, Mm -hmm. like utilizing external concepts to blame others instead of take responsibility, Mm -hmm. which fucking hurts to do sometimes. Or to make an excuse to be fucking lazy to not take action. Exactly. That whole thing that what you just said is it is something that is like. It runs rampant, I guess, everywhere. Being afraid to take responsibility, it seems to be a trauma response. Mm-hmm. Like, it's because probably that person experienced some pretty severe consequences or they have some association with taking responsibility for your actions that is must feel like destruction and death. Like, yeah, I mean, I maybe, maybe the person that was... I'm thinking about my ex again. She's just the best case study to that and all this. Uh, you know, and her mother anyway was quite abusive and didn't take responsibility for her abuse. So, you know, you emulate 
what you learn as a child. And if you learn to not take responsibility for your actions, then you know, that's what you're going to embody. And the law of attraction and new ageism is a very uh, easy <clears throat> kind of tool to use to bypass all that. Yeah, it's a shiny it's a shiny object that yeah can yeah, attract people that are desperate for some relief. It strikes me too right now thinking about this but what a very first world phenomenon this is. You know, mm. I don't I don't know that in in Jamaica certainly never heard the average Jamaican talking about the law of attraction. Now, yeah, not the, the average. I, I, you know, there's well. I did meet Jamaicans that did and I'm not trying to generalize or stereotype but if you, this new age thought it came out of America, came out of the United States. Right, uh, Neville Goddard. Of course, he was Barbadian that moved to America, uh, but it also he had an Ethiopian teacher. Right, yeah. that's interesting. I don't, I don't know. I feel like I met, and there are quite a few people in Jamaica that I feel like I met that were familiar with this whole concept. I hmm. mean, I feel like I it's kind of a socio-economical type of could be very wrong about that no that's what i'm saying like people who are of more affluence or at least you know middle class are more likely to talk about this now i don't know if that is real related to their access to material that talks about it or if it's just a kind of a privilege topic because you don't have other things to actually worry about you know like People talk about first world problems kind of thing. Like, if you're not thinking about survival, then yes, you have more opportunity to hear different information, but you might also create more kind of space for imaginary thinking. It's like watching TV, you mm-hmm. know, like, I don't know. It's just something that kind of struck me all of a sudden. I didn't, but what has I have realized or thought about in the past is that this new age thought new thought leaders as they're called coming out of more developed countries particularly the US is interesting in that at least for a very last few hundred years the United States was kind of the cutting edge of social progress and of new types of thinking you know this is where we first started seeing a lot of uh, the the computer tech and uh, automobiles and airplanes, like a lot of stuff came out of the United States in a very short period of time. Uh, so just relating that this new thought stuff, at least in modern manifestation, comes out of here. It's hmm. interesting. Something I was thinking about today when I was in the U.S. is true. I was listening to Abraham Hicks as I was driving kids to the sitter. Uh, was in a practical sense, without thinking of the this law of attraction or the the focus point of focus coming into being, this manifestation. With thinking of it out in a practical sense, I was thinking about saving money, right? And it was really something that Abraham Hicks was talking about on the recording. But I thought about times when I have been very good at saving money and I realized that okay let's say I had a goal I wanted to save $10,000 and 
I didn't think to myself, oh man, I've only got a thousand dollars. I thought to myself, all right, I've got a thousand dollars saved up towards this ten thousand dollars, and then every sum of money that I would get, I would take a portion out of that and put it in towards that towards that ten thousand dollars, and would think to myself, all right, I'm building towards this amount. I didn't have that mentality of oh, I only put $50 in this month. It was like, all right, I put 50 bucks in this week and let's next week and then next week and then next week. And so just the realization that our point of focus always expands out mm-hmm. is relative in this in this whole conversation and try, in trying to discuss the function or the realities of this law of attraction. And putting it into more practical terms for me makes a lot more sense like like what you're like what you just mentioned there with investing money like money attracts money and thinking about who who am I more likely to give money to honestly somebody that helps me feel more empowered somebody that is in a state of mind that lifts me up or somebody that's bringing me down if I think about it in those terms, then it makes a lot of sense. Like if I'm to walk around like sad and feeling sorry for myself and like, hey, will you give me money? Most people are probably going to be like, why? Like mm. I feel like kind of like crap when I'm around you. You're mm. so sad and bummed out. Mm-hmm. I don't really like if I give you money because I feel bad for you. I'm not going to give you like a lot of money because I don't value the Mm. vibe that you're bringing to me. But if somebody comes up to me and they like they're bright and cheerful and give me value Mm -hmm. in their energy, then I feel that. And I'm like, gosh, I feel so good around you. I just want to like give you value back. You just gave me value in terms of money. Like I like, I like where you're going with that. So you got somebody that is begging for money, a, a friend. Look, dude, I need money, I need money, I'm broke, I need money, I'm broke. And you're like, uh, resistantly, I'm going to help you. And then you got a friend that's like, dude, I just raised 50 grand. I'm getting ready to launch this thing. Come on, give me another two, give me another $5,000, be a part of this thing. Let's do this together. Like the whole vibe is like, okay, yeah, I want to go where the money is, where the excitement is. I want to go. I'm attracted to what has that momentum, which is a, concept that has been very helpful for me to think about lately is this thinking in terms of momentum having seen it in myself in emotional states how when I'm depressed and when I'm down I'm likely to get more and more depressed and down and probably drag other people down there with me whereas if I'm in a good mood then that's likely to keep building and building and other people are going to be attracted into that depressed people hang out with depressed people you know people who are feeling hopeless hang out with people who are feeling hopeless people who are feeling excited and enthusiastic hang out with similar folks so i think that there is on the surface even on the surface level there is the ability to see that it just makes intuitive sense that like begets like remembering that we're also all human and like we're here to i think learn and live and enjoy life and we're all in this together ultimately mm-hmm. and it can get tricky when we get I know for me like when I get caught up in oh like well they did this to themselves like I mean they're in a shitty place because I mean they did it to themselves 
that is that's a slippery that's a very slippery slope because you then taking the law of attraction into that type of thinking is really shooting yourself in the foot because your own self for instance how many mistakes are you going to make like how much learning is there to do just because you're you're building a momentum mm-hmm. of growth and expansion what comes with that growth and expansion contrast and mistakes mm-hmm. and learning and messing up mm-hmm. and like just because you're a healthy growing abundant being doesn't mean you're gonna do everything perfectly and you're like enlightened and you're one with source and Mm. a being of full love and light and so when we look at somebody else and we see their darkness they're in a dark time and we say well I manifested that dark time so Mm. sorry you did this to yourself you know and then walk away without compassion and understanding Mm -hmm. um is i think where it can get really convoluted and unhealthy (laughs) yeah i mean i still give money to homeless people yeah you know i'm not saying that we shouldn't i think there is value in recognizing to a certain extent feeding the uh, problem feeding the lack is that's exactly what it's doing so there's definitely 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 space for compassion but there's also a time when you do have to i want to say let people figure it out for themselves but help people realize that you continue to look at the problem instead Mm -hmm. of looking at the solution right so like yes bad things happen or whatever shit happens and that doesn't mean that we should just be like well sorry about your luck you did it to yourself but at the same time, like, I don't want to get drugged down into somebody's you know, pity party. Like, I've done it many times myself, and it's not helpful. When I, when I think about trying to help people get through difficult times, it's definitely more about trying to help them see the possibilities, the future that can exist, mm-hmm. rather than wallowing in <clears throat> the, the current situation. Yeah. And, I mean, like, there's a reality that, I don't know. I'm hesitating because, like, it sounds kind of harsh to say, but like, isn't everything a consequence of some action? I mean, I guess you can step back and say war. I'm not trying to blame the individual citizens who are being affected by countries bombing each other, but at the same time, it is the citizens who have continued to support policies and support you know the polarization that has led to ongoing i don't know it's it's a it's a tricky balance to walk for me in yes taking responsibility but also acknowledging that there are outside factors that are beyond our control and that's where it can get really confusing and disorienting to get wrapped up in that thought of like did I do this to myself like am I to blame for this that whole place of getting so down the rabbit hole of how I attracted this can be pretty unhealthy because like I feel like the answer my feeling is that it's yes and no Mm. like 
there's then no black and white. It's not a lol. It's something in between. Then it's not a lol. Well, I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe then it's a yes and like yes and also <laughs> like with horrible scenarios, like horrible tragic types of incidents mm-hmm. where this whole concept of the law of attraction is particularly almost impossible for most people to grasp yeah like a a school shooting you know who the fuck's gonna try to say that those kids attracted that oh my god yeah it's like it can't even get close to it because it's like it's such a horrific thing for most people and like to talk about it publicly is really really hard but i I think about zooming out of this life. Like Mm -hmm. if you're coming from the standpoint um, of reincarnation, for instance, Mm -hmm. and if you're coming from the aspect of, if you believe that we are souls that make choices and live beyond these physical bodies that we're in, Mm -hmm. we, if you believe we, existed before we came into these bodies and we exist afterwards and we're on a path and somewhat of a quote-unquote karmic journey where we're growing and choosing to come in Mm -hmm. to this life to learn and grow through possibly horrific incidents to do so and to teach others which that's a pretty big belief Mm -hmm. in some religions then I feel like we can wrap our heads around the concept of us attracting horrific things. Mm. Um, If we are capable of zooming out (laughs) that much, like going to outer space, zooming out and Mm. seeing the big picture in terms of like many, 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 many lifetimes Mm -hmm. type of picture. Mm-hmm. But like on this level, mm-hmm. like as a mother, like if you try and tell me that mm-hmm. my child did this to themselves, mm-hmm. I think I will fucking try and kill you mm-hmm. <laughs> like instinctually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I could not respond that way. Mm-hmm. So it's such a delicate thing to talk about. But if you think about us as energy blobs like just in this house the energy the vibe of this house is it has its own personality Mm -hmm. and we're here we are sitting in it Mm -hmm. and going to sleep in it living in it every single day and the same goes for a town and a city and an institution like that if you're if we're a part of and being consumed in a certain personality mm-hmm. then we are a part of that being an entity interacting with another institution building whatever personality energy that mm-hmm. is that energetic blob mm-hmm. and so it can feel like we're really separate from that sometimes but I don't know. I'm not sure how separate we really are. I, you know, I'm re- I'm reluctant to say that I 
really feel like on most levels we do attract into our lives whatever is there. Um, and I think I'm only reluctant to say that is because when challenging things happen, then I have to take ownership of that on some level. And I'm also reluctant because, but even honest to God, if I think about in my personal life, negative things that have happened, it was all me. It was all me. Every bit of it. I have no ability to put blame on anybody else. I made choices. I engaged with people because of the level of my consciousness or my vibration at that point that brought certain outcomes into my life. And I, I, I don't know. I have to take responsibility for it. And at the same time, take responsibility for when good things have come into my life. And that's where it start for me. I start to consider the ability to choose to feel good, to choose the states of being that will bring me closer to other people, places, and things that feel good. Yeah, that's where that whole conversation around the difference between being responsible for versus to and like the difference of like there are certain things that we can take responsibility for and there's certain things that we can't like to the, the to the degree of if for instance um if for instance I am in a situation that's unhealthy and I made choices that led me into that situation mm-hmm. of course it's such a complex it's simple and it's complex because how I was born and the family that I was raised into Mm -hmm. and my parents and the people that raised me and Mm -hmm. my school and everything that I came into in this world influenced every single choice that I made Mm -hmm. leading up to this point. So like, yes, it is my doing. And also no, it's not like, I feel like it is both, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. it also is. (laughs) And so If I'm aware that I have choices here and I have the choice to Mm. either make a phone call to seek getting out of this unhealthy situation or not, Mm -hmm. maybe I have a phone number to a counseling center and I keep looking at it and I'm like, I could call and try and get some help or I could just stay here. And this is so... Like this conversation is so big and so debatable (laughs) because it's like a free will conversation as well. Mm -hmm. But like I either choose to make the call and make a step towards getting out of the unhealthy situation or I don't. And like at that point, say, say it's like my spouse that's abusing me. I'm not making their decision to abuse. Like I'm not saying I'm not them. I'm not choosing for them to abuse me, Mm -hmm. like for them to take their actions that they take. Like Mm -hmm. it's not my responsibility to control your actions spouse that's abusing me, but it is my responsibility to determine like where I want to (laughs) be. Do I want to be around you or not? And that's based on how you feel about yourself. Yeah. And how I perceive my options. But what about you bring up an interesting 
aspect of this, you know, talking about someone who's doing something to someone else. And I have really tried to observe this with my children, that they behave how I expect them to behave. And so, and I've seen this in all lots of other places and relationships that I've had, animals, <laughs> people, whatever. And it's it's really what what is so challenging about being able to really put your finger on this kind of um, consequential circumstances. Right, like law of attraction or this ability to influence others just by how you think about them. It seems so flaky and so woo-woo. And the, that, the reason being because it's hard to measure. And this is something that has been a big part of my journey with the mushroom. You know, there are things that happen in the trip space that are very hard to measure and it's also very subjective and so trying to get clear definable concrete data this happened because of this we we live in this cause and effect world where we see you know and that's how we study things if i control the variables and then I make this change, what happens to the overall thing? And you, it's much harder to do that when we're talking in terms of the impact of our thoughts. But mm-hmm. I think it would be very, very foolish and naive for us to think that our thoughts aren't extremely powerful. Mm-hmm on a physical level because like look at everything around us that is came out of someone's thought and on a non-physical level because when you start when you change the way that you think the outside world changes as well even if it's just perceptually that's a major impact that we're having just by virtue of how and what we're thinking Mm mm-hmm I get this visual of planting a flower or planting a seed. If our thought is the seed and we plant it and then we walk away and never come back. I mean, I guess it depends on how strong, hardy of a seed mm-hmm. <laughs> it is. But a lot of seeds, you have to you have to tend to them and make sure they're in a place conducive for the seed and like, if you have just one thought about something and you move on, you never think it again. Well, it probably won't grow into much. I mean, it depends like what mm. kind of seed it is. Mm. I mean, I don't know how good of a metaphor this is. Court- Courtney <laughs> is, a, is a master gardener, <laughs> just so you all know. Okay. I'm not, obviously. <laughs> but Killed every fucking plant <laughs> I brought home. I'm so sorry. It's Actually, there one was of those one things. That. There was one that you s- you kept alive while I was gone in Jamaica one time, and I remember you were so damn proud. Wow, this took a turn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You attracted it. 
No, I get what you're saying. I feel like if you don't if you don't nurture a thought, if you don't nurture whatever it is, a seed or an animal or baby or yeah, if you yeah, if you don't nurture it and give it you put a pie in the oven and walk away, it's gonna burn. (laughs) Set a timer. (laughs) I don't know if that's similar. Yeah, I think you get yeah, you get it. (laughs) But that's like where I feel like as far as like measuring. I mean, it's got to be similar. Like if, as far as you can measure plants and taking care of plants and finding different things to give them that help them grow better and putting them in different spots of light. And there's all Mm -hmm. these tests that people do to like then help you understand and take care of your plants. And like our, the thoughts that we think directly we can think a thought. I'm sure there's been so many experiments done. I know there has on thoughts and mm-hmm. just just put somebody in a room for two hours and have them say the same thing over and over and give them different things to say over and over. <laughs> you clearly are a scientist. Yes, and a master gardener. <laughs> I mean, the CIA did just release a year or two ago uh, a rather lengthy document on their experiments with um, manifestation or using cognition to influence outward events. And it, I mean, their results were positive. They, they, it ultimately says, yes, you can change the world with your thoughts. And I've had many, many mushroom experiences. I'll never forget the one I had where, I just realized that I was looking at the stars. I was I was like on the ground, writhing. Finally, got to the point where I could lift my head to look into the skies, pray for help. And when I looked at this up into the stars, it I realized that that was my mind. Like my mind was not in my head, mm-hmm. and that created an opportunity to engage with mind and I thought it, like it became very apparent to me that I could almost like pluck things out of the ether and bring them into being you know, where I think it's more reasonable or more um, more grounded way of thinking is kind of back to what you were saying in terms of where you put your focus is where you'll see results right like you can't help but if you continue thinking about something, making effort towards something, eventually you're going to see results. Yeah. If I print out 100 pictures of ice cream and all the different types of wonderful ice cream and I play songs about ice cream and <laughs> all I want to talk about is ice cream, I'm going to be eating some motherfucking ice cream mm-hmm. really but quickly. Is an ice cream truck going to come and park in your driveway? And then the ice cream truck driver knocks on your door. I don't know. There's a there's an experiment somebody well, can do. Well, that's where it does get really interesting for me. And I have had those kinds of things happen where I am in a certain state. And all of a sudden, this person or this circumstance shows up. And I'm like, where the fuck did this come from? This is exactly what I was thinking. And now, yeah. here it is. Yeah. You know. And there's like, there's things as well that you gotta wonder where the subconscious mind where it's at and we aren't even aware 
of it like 99.9% of the time. Mm -hmm. Like I'm thinking of that whole Liliana thing Mm -hmm. that kept happening and I, it seemed to come out of nowhere. It's not like I had been thinking Mm -hmm. of this whole thing. Mm -hmm. Um, What's that group of people that say they came from, their souls came from another uh star system what are they what do they call themselves and they like walk around in all white and say they came from oh is it Hare krishna no moonies (laughs) there's a group called the moonies yeah no uh palladian people well, that's the star system. Pleiades is the star system. The seven sisters. And yeah, there's people that... There, it's said... Oh, I mean, that's what we should talk about sometime. Fucking aliens about it. I mean, I know we kind of bro- talk about it here and there, but shit's getting real. Okay, well, Googling that did not give me <laughs> the results that I wanted. White-robed people I got who 11 celebrities who didn't wear a white wedding dress. <laughs> okay. <laughs> But because I put stars, mm. <laughs> stars of people that wear all white and mm. talk about coming from another planet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, anyway, long story short, these people came into this place I was working many, many, many years ago and said that my name was Liliana. They walked right up to me and they <laughs> said, your name is Liliana and you came from uh, Jupiter and or, I'm sorry, Mercury and um or was it jupiter fuck all right one of those planets (laughs) and you're here for a very specific purpose and they like laid it all out and it was one of those things where you're going about your business doing your work and all of a sudden some crazy shit like that happens these people it was like eight people dressed in all white just walk in from the street and just walk right up to me out of a whole crowd of people and start telling me this and then they walk out for something like that to happen, it's like, what was that? Like your whole body just becomes like, you know, your nerves, or like your hair stands on end. And you're like, is this a message from God? Like, yeah. what is this? And they, yeah, they told me my name is Liliana and he even wrote it down. He's like, remember this. And he was like, his eyes were like searing into me and like no funny business. And then they walk out. <laughs> Except so, the LSD they ate an hour and a half before. <laughs> Yeah. Let's go eat acid and fuck with people. <laughs> <laughs> well, even if that's what that was, it was still something. Yeah, they fucked with you, all right. <laughs> so, I'll always remember that. Well, <laughs> when was this? Like a couple months ago. One mm-hmm. day, um, oh, I'm oh, I'm having a really really hard day and I'm really questioning my whole purpose here on earth. Like I'm not suicidal or anything. It's I'm not saying that, but I was having a really hard day and everything just felt really hard and it felt like nothing was going right. And like the harder I tried to make things go right, the worse things were going and like the kids were upset with me. You were upset or something. I just, it was all bad. And I'm taking the kids to the doctor for a checkup and I'm in the lobby and the um, receptionist calls for another patient she says Liliana and I just I've never heard anyone named that 
uh, the only time I've heard that name is that time that those people told me that was my name back mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. <laughs> in the day. Mm-hmm. And so it just shocked that memory back into my being and everything he told me just came right up. Like you're a powerful being, you're here for a purpose, like never forget it. Here's what you need to do. You're here to remind people that like happiness is their birthright, basically blah, blah. And it all just rushed over me. And all of a sudden I was like, Oh yeah. Like, I don't know what place I was in five minutes ago, but I am so far gone from that place. And it happened in like a moment. And then like two days later, I'm at the library and I am walking by the bookshelf and then there's a book that's like, it says in big letters, the story of Liliana. And I'm like, what again? I go from never hearing that ever to like, now I'm hearing it and then now I'm hearing it. Mm -hmm. And then I am somewhere else again. I think I'm at the pharmacy or something and somebody calls for Liliana and I'm like, what is going on? Mm -hmm. Like, this is a, seems to be a clear (laughs) message here, but like those things, like, did I attract that or what is that? I don't know. Um, you know, just to play devil's advocate and present a more kind of science-based perspective, there is, I don't remember what the term is, but there is the phenomena that when you, when you hear a word, you become much more receptive to hearing it or seeing it. Like if, if I was to start saying red, the color red, you see color... And like all of a sudden you start mm-hmm. noticing all the little reds around you or you switch it up yeah. and you're like, yeah, so, you right. know, blue, uh, you know. So I, I think that what you're t- describing sounds very different or somewhat different. And I've certainly had experiences similarly. I was in Jamaica one time at a gas station and uh, after some weird kind of meetings and doing mushroom stuff and this old lady just comes up out of nowhere she's like you're a star child you were for like gave me this whole thing like mm-hmm. and just sent chills through me and, and really felt like something was being t- communicated to me from a bigger intelligence which is what i really like to bring into this pr- perspective overall is that there is or there seems to be or i i experienced there being a an intelligence that is so much bigger than our little individual intelligences and that the thoughts, the wants, the interests, the inspiration that comes to us is not just some byproduct of a chemical synapsis in our brain. It is intelligence. It is consciousness moving through us in an attempt to bring new experience, new modalities into the world. Mm -hmm. And similar when someone comes and tells you you're an alien, uh, that (laughs) is, you know, probably consciousness. Yeah. Talking through them to you. Yeah. It seems, although like endlessly complex in its layers, 
and mechanisms and I think this is we all the ways. But yeah, we complicate it. But at the same time, I was going to say it's also extraordinarily simple. I think Mm -hmm. if we, again, zoom out Mm -hmm. and we look at, say we're in space looking at earth Mm -hmm. from space, earth looks like one entity, Mm -hmm. one entity, Mm -hmm. not freaking millions Mm -hmm. of entities of all different shapes, sizes, species. Like it looks like one. And from that perspective of, you know, you zoom out and our galaxy looks like one entity mm-hmm. and you zoom out and it's like, mm-hmm. we are one entity mm-hmm. and you keep zooming out and mm-hmm. we are just one <laughs> working yeah. in unison together as one being one mm-hmm. consciousness. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's like we're holding hands with, everybody else's thoughts at all times and um, yeah i like i like that visual image of the orbit and that's kind of how i understand my experience you know i I think that we are all it's all the same like everything functions the same the earth and a human function in the same way mushroom has showed me this years ago i experienced it still we are made of the earth, like the elements. There's there's no different elements in us than there is in the earth. Uh, we have all of the same characteristics of the terrain, the planet of earth, you know, from rivers and mountains and like there's hot, there's cold, there's all the, it's all there. And so if you expand that out, yeah, and see that the Earth itself is a magnetic field creating entity, if you will, and that it has these, at least the moon orbiting around it, then it makes sense to think that we would function in the same way. And if we look at the people that come into our lives they are relative to where we are in that period of time. You know, the people that are in my life, our life now, are very different than were a few years ago. And I think that that, I know that that has to do with us being different people. And you see, like, when you move out of sync and move out of vibe with somebody, then there's a separation and then new people come into your life, and you're like, "Oh, okay, this makes this makes sense why this person's here now." It's it it is still a hard thing for me to at times acknowledge, and I th- I think it's just my ego ultimately that doesn't want to let go of the resistance that I had so many years listening to the hippie shit and listening to people talk about law of attraction who were clearly not aware of you know how they were behaving and uh, presenting themselves but it's something that even as a kid I can I can I've been thinking a lot about this lately how as a kid I remember thinking knowing that it was it was my knowledge my it was my knowledge my faith that have brought things into my life. You know, the Bible says, 
This so you know, this is not new stuff. I'm, I said that it's coming out of the the Kabbalion and yeah the new newer American thinking, but that's not really true because even the Bible does say you know ask whatever you ask in faith, knowing that you will receive, then that you will receive. I'm not you know going to get on a Bible thumping here because I'm you know, about Bible is full of flaws, of course. Uh, but just to state that this isn't new thinking, and it's it is a form of thinking that, as a child, seemed very intuitive to me. Like, yeah, that's how that's how this thing works. I'm in I'm in charge here. I'm in charge of my experience. Like what I was trying to convey to you the other day in my parents' backyard about the inner dimensionality Mm. that all the layers and dimensions that we possibly probably exist on Mm. at all times and for instance when we go to sleep at night we go into almost another dimension uh, which sometimes we remember that we're there and sometimes we have no recollection of it but Mm -hmm. we go there seemingly every night as long as we enter a certain level of deep relaxation. Mm -hmm. And so if that's the case, are we always able to access these different realities, uh, depending on where we tune our radio of attention? I think of the example you gave, which you said was a more scientific type of thought playing devil's advocate that when we're tuned into, for instance, the color red, then we start seeing red mm. everywhere. Well, isn't that kind of like what we're talking about? The law of attraction, so to speak? Like well, if we are thinking red, then if we're thinking, for instance, abundance, cash, money, I don't know. Does it work like that? Probably not. I guess it depends on the way you're thinking about the money as far as seeing it everywhere. Like if you start thinking of opportunities, like if you start thinking, I've got lots of opportunities. Then do you start seeing opportunities yeah, I everywhere? Would think, I would, yes, but that's different than this notion of attracting. Yeah. It opportunities like, and that's where to to think that you can just sit in your living room, smoke weed, and attract anything more but. Yeah. Smoking weed and <laughs> hanging out on the couch. Uh, um, yeah. Is it seems very like magical magical thinking, right? Um, to to imagine yourself like focusing on if money's what you need and you're not sitting in your house thinking oh life sucks I'm poor but you're thinking okay I need money how do I get money like the brain is pretty incredible mm-hmm. and we'll eventually figure out something yeah that you can do yeah that's the thing where it the difference between the magical thinking and the putting it into action I mean like what I hear people say about this whole law of attraction thing all the time is like that exact scenario. Oh, I could just sit in my room, smoke weed and think about whatever I want. And then it comes to me. Right. But no, because if you're sitting in your room and smoking weed and playing video games, you're not in that energy of attracting or bringing in, you're not stepping into that place of empowerment, Mm -hmm. abundance. You're not putting that out there. You're not, actually stepping into that thought what are you thinking about you're thinking about the video games you're playing you're thinking about 
the weed you want to smoke. Well, I like what Abraham talks about in terms of inspired thinking, you know, because I know for myself when I have sat and tried to problem solve and kind of be very logical and intellectual about next moves and how I'm going to make this thing happen, that I usually end up in a loop. Whereas if I sit and meditate and focus on the feeling of what it is that I want to achieve or whatever the, th- the feeling that I'm trying to get to, that if I just sit without thinking and let my subconscious mind bring things to the surface, then it will send me in a direction that is usually far more fruitful than if I just tried to grind it out. Mm. Like that's the that's something that I think there is a lot of value in considering that we have spent our lives thinking that you got to work hard and you got to grind, 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 grind to make things happen. And I think that's only partially true. I don't think that we really have to work as hard as we tell ourselves that we do. Yeah, there's I mean, there's. A lot of stuff that works itself out itself without us. Kind of like everything. Uh, careful. No, good. No, <laughs> I'm no. thinking of times where I've gotten into habits, unhealthy habit habits, for instance, like checking email mm-hmm. and feeling like I've got to respond to every email mm-hmm. within one hour. Mm-hmm. Every email that comes in, if I don't respond within one hour, I'm being irresponsible, post on TikTok three not times professional. But like the reality is that a lot of times, like I'm remembering this one time I went on vacation or I went to Jamaica to help with retreats and I was working a, a job for somebody else mm-hmm. at the same time. And I, it took a lot for me to, I uninstalled my work email from my phone and that took a lot for me, Mm. like a leap of faith. I felt like, like Mm. it's going to work out, like it's going to be okay. They'll survive without me somehow. I don't know how, but they must. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then I came back and I, you know, what happens, you're in a totally different place, state of mind. And you forget (laughs) about all those things that you were consumed with. So I come back and I'm like, oh, yeah, email. Forgot about this. And I open my email and it's like so many things that people email me about. They would respond back in 24 hours. Never mind. I figured it out. Mm -hmm. Never mind. I figured it out. It's like oftentimes people don't need us like they think they need us. Mm -hmm. Things oftentimes do just work themselves out. If we step back. Mm-hmm. Not, what's that have to do with law of attraction? I don't know. Oh. I forgot. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, because okay. you were you were saying <laughs> you were saying that we often work harder oh. than mm-hmm. we probably oh, yeah. need to, and that's kind of the thing is that if we're working hard and grinding, then for what? Think, well, hold on. Think about that. Okay, so very often we think we have to work hard so we can take a break. Right. Yeah. You could just take a break for a week and then the rest of the year you're working hard. It's like, no, all the time. I mean, I'm not saying you don't have to ever do anything, but exactly what you're saying. We convince ourselves that we've got to run and jump and be on top of this thing. It's got a deadline, 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 got to be met. And, you know, sometimes there are deadlines 
commitments that we make, but more often than not, like we can just, just relax and do the thing when you're inspired to do the thing Mm -hmm. and it will work out. Yeah. That's something that I've really been working on here lately. Growing up, like I did, just nonstop pressure to work and accomplish and do, do, do. And just giving myself a break and be like, no, do it. Do what actually feels right right now. That's that inspired action. And you will find like your inspiration is coming from somewhere. If it's a subconscious knowing, if it's the grand intelligence directing, whatever you want to think of. But if you follow your inspiration very often, if not always, you'll find out if you keep following it that it's it's leading to leading us to something of of um, I want to say consequence something that's important something that's like a next step a person or uh, you know it still cracks me up when I think about those lilies how just following a little inspiration to go do a thing and on the way to there to there I like come across twice come across these massive gifts of lilies or Mm -hmm. irises rather some of my favorite flowers uh, which is also the flower that my grandmother had anyway yeah we have this whole wonderful guidance system that's Mm -hmm. letting us giving us cues um what about though like can i ask i'm sorry i didn't mean to cut you off you're right it's giving indications all the time i'm so sorry but (laughs) i want i wanted to i guess i just realized that we're running low on running short on time and i wanted to ask you how you nurture patience when you have something that you really want how do you develop patience around that and allow it to come in its own time it's been a challenge for me Wow, what a great question. Sometimes I've been great at it and sometimes I haven't. I feel like overall I'm a people that know me would consider me an extraordinarily patient person. I feel like I learned I learned that from growing up in ice skating and seeing how Sometimes the harder that I try Mm -hmm. to do something, Mm -hmm. the more that I injure myself Mm -hmm. or the more counterproductive it is. And having a lot of mental training coaches, Mm -hmm. like specifically there to help me see how my mindset was positively or negatively impacting Mm -hmm. my performance. And Mm -hmm. so I've had a lot of practice and knowing when to go and when to sit and when to stretch versus when to run and Mm. like Mm. all that. And that's helped me a lot come to where I'm at now with my practice of patience, which has so far to go still. Um, Like for Mm. on the topic of money, sometimes I just feel like it's, never gonna come like and I get so frustrated and then I catch myself more and more lately remembering it's always come before 
it's always come before it will come it's coming and so the better the more I'd say the more time when I'm regularly building in time for me to sit and be still Mm -hmm. or just like go deeper into what I'm feeling, whether it's journaling or even dancing with myself, hula hooping outside, stretching, sitting still and meditation. If I'm consistently doing that, the easier it is for me to, everywhere else in my life listen to my guidance system or the guidance system it's not even like just mine I guess in like a source consciousness perspective like it's mine but Mm. we're all connected and if we're all connected then we're all giving each other clues about where we're all at Mm. with things Mm. that includes everything we want (laughs) and need is a part of this energetic blob we're all in and we're all communicating with each other so Mm. we're getting indications all the time of where to move and what wants us and Mm -hmm. so i feel like if i can be still enough to listen to that and hear what i'm being told Mm. from the all the consciousness that is then life seems to be a lot easier Mm, yeah being still seems to be a bit pretty bit pretty important part we're not smoking that. pot what we're not smoking pot <laughs> <laughs> yeah once in a blue moon that helps being still on the couch smoking pot playing video games yeah uh, sure uh, whatever man, you want to do it's the toughest thing for me is because there is this sense in me because so many things that i have wanted have come to fruition there's this sense of, okay, well, I want it. Where's it at? You know? So I r- appreciate that you help embody and exemplify that, that patience and allowing. It's, it's yeah, something I'm working to get better at. I feel like I have gotten better at, even with sanctuary. I know I've mentioned this before, just allowing it to unfold rather than really trying to force it to unfold like I did with Maiko. Yeah, the gestation process. Kids don't go from fetuses to Mm -hmm. independent adults overnight. So. Yep. Well, I guess I'll uh, just sit and wait a little longer then. (laughs) (laughs) (coughs) This was a good conversation. Thank you for listening, you that's listening. Yeah. I appreciate you. I'm envisioning you having a wonderful, abundant, happy day. Follow the feelings. Go with what feels good. One of the beautiful things about this life is that we get to play. We allow ourselves to. The more fun we have, the more fun we attract into our lives. Thank you all for listening. And the beating of the drum. See you next time.